Hey guys, welcome back to Married to a Banana. So we're starting off with season two, and I think we should take a summer trip. So we're going to be talking about uh, our time in Korea right. together, and we haven't been to Korea together, but we're going to talk about our experiences when we when we were there separately, I guess, and hopefully talk about stuff that, you know, maybe is similar and what our experiences were. What was your first impression of Korea? So when I went to Korea, it was, oh, probably what, 10 years, 10 plus years. Right. And I remember... That was my first time back as an adult. Mm-hmm. So I never <clears throat> never really got to kind of experience um, Korea uh, as a kid. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess when I did go, I didn't really have any expectations. But m- my first impressions were that, to me, it's kind of like a, I don't know, like East Coast type of city. Because when I looked on the East Coast, it reminded me of like New York. When I talked to other people, I guess a lot of Koreans do say that, you know, Korea does have that similarity of like that big city, New York type of uh, feel. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. It has the same kind of level of that hustle and bustle. Why were you in Korea in the first place? So that's a good question you asked. Um, At the time, I was taking some Korean courses here in the States. And I think I took about a year, about a year and a half. And then I got this urge to kind of go back. I was kind of interested in going back to Korea anyways, because I've never been there. Uh, I was born there, <clears throat> adopted, but I never really had the interest to go back. So I did this uh, language program, and then I looked online, and I actually wanted to do a language program over there. And they had some options where I could live with like a host family and then or live on my own. But I decided to live with the host family and do a language program there. Right. And how long were you there? So I was there in the summer months. Basically a really hot summer. Korea is the worst time. (laughs) Summer is the worst time to be in Korea. Going back to your first question, my first impressions. I moved around a lot growing up, you know, so pretty open-minded, pretty diverse. In, in different cultures and stuff like that. But when I did come there, you know, I was very amazed of just seeing just all Koreans. And it was something that I wasn't that used to. A funny story is that that doesn't have to do with Koreans. But so I got on the airplane and flew a long time. <clears throat> and when I got off the airplane, um, I think I, I got in some, someone's car from the language program. They dropped me off at the host family. Well, they lived, on, I think, like on the 30th floor, 31st floor or something like that. So really high. The thing that made it very interesting was that first night I slept on a rock bed. A rock bed? What's that? So the, a rock bed is basically what it sounds like. It's a bed that's just a slate of rock, a granite or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember not having AC. In that hot, humid weather? 
So yeah, so picture Florida or Texas or some somewhere that has a lot of heat and a lot of humidity, and all they did is open the window, and it, that didn't fix the problem at all. I fell asleep because I was so tired, basically on that bed and in my sweat. Ew. It was bad. I I thought I couldn't sleep, but then I got I was so tired anyways and jet lagged that I just kind of fell asleep. Well, maybe it was a good thing for you to be jet lagged. So how'd you stay cool? Sweating. <laughs> Sweating. So basically, I got used to the, the heat. Um, but what what, were you, what was your first impression when you went back as an adult? Uh, so I went back. I would say right around my grad school years. I mean, I've been back multiple times, but that's the most recent time, and that's been like you, probably twenty years plus.、Um, it was interesting to me. I had the same experience. Like, wow, I look like these people, but I felt out of place because、mm-hmm. I didn't look like the people. I didn't dress the same way.、Mm-hmm. I didn't do my makeup the same way. I didn't talk. The same way, in some sense,、mm-hmm. and it was interesting because sometimes I would slip,、uh, slip, and say, "Oh, how much is it in dollars?"、Mm-hmm. And so people would recognize, "Oh, you must be from the states."、Mm-hmm. Um, it was very interesting too when I was shopping with my brother、mm-hmm. and some of his friends, and they were asking me to translate for them. They were like, they would give us the foreigner price. Even though we were all Korean,、mm-hmm. and they would give like the locals a discounted price, so that was kind of shocking. And I remember confronting the vendor and being like, "Hey, it's the same product. Why are you basically giving, you know, raising the price on us?" They just had no reason. So they're kind of like panhandling you, sort of. Yeah, or it was interesting. One day we decided to go to like a fortune cafe where they tell you your fortunes. Oh. And on the list price, it was like, oh, locals is this price, and for foreigners, again, they'd raise the price.、Hmm. So the first thing they'd ask us was, oh, are you a local or a foreigner? And I remember telling them, oh, we're a local. <laughs> Just so we could get the base prize, because it didn't seem fair that they were trying to raise prices on us. You know what was interesting because with the language portion too. When I was there back in the states, when I learned Korean, I learned and they taught us mainly the honorific. As soon as I when I got to Korea, that was not conversational Korean. Nobody used super、right. super formal. Right. Uh, and <clears throat> just for you guys, like Korea, the Korean language has honorific suffixes. I guess so. And so there's on there's different levels of of、uh, the way you say something. You know, you could you could say thank you, and and unlike like English language, you can add an honorific to it, or you could say thank you, and it's kind of like, oh maybe in, in English too. You know, thank you is semi or more formal than saying thanks. And but then when I, I went to Korea, man, no one used the honorific at the end. Do you think that was based on situation though, or like 
was there ever a time when you would come across like elderly people and like was there an opportunity for you to use honorifics? There is, but even when I was learning Korean, they're informal and more conversational, more everyday language. I see. And I, I maybe they did that at that way because in some ways you guys were tourists. We were tourists, but then also the way that everything sounds, sometimes um, it's easier for to the ending to be yo than imdida or something like that. So right. um, it just takes a little bit more effort. Right. They just wanted us to be able to kind of learn the language, but just sound very fluent, very normal, conversational, you know? Right. So you had mentioned yo and imnida, and those are actually two different degrees of honorifics. There's mm-hmm. like casual, formal, and very formal. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of that comes from the culture where um, hierarchy of age is such a big part of the culture. You know, they wanted you to learn the language, learn the base of the language before you, like you said, you added like the formal suffixes and whatnot. Yeah. So when I was there, actually, we did like a hogwan type of school. The main thing is that we, we learned and we learned to write and so forth. And I learned a little bit of writing here. Even some of the sounds when I was when I first, first started, it was very hard to actually pronounce. What's kind of interesting is that when I was a kid, I actually had difficult time, a difficult time to actually pronounce certain English letters that are not in the Korean language. Which like is, which letters? The letter R uh-huh. and L. Uh-huh. Very, very, they're very distinct sounds. Right. And so in, in the Korean language, uh-huh. whether, uh, to give an example, I, I remember um, drawing a picture and going up to the teacher. This is when I was kind of uh, kindergarten, first grade. And I, I, I said I wanted to show this picture to the class, I couldn't actually pronounce the the word class. I, I would say like cross, almost like like an R in between an R and L. That's very interesting because those are actually the letters and the sounds that Koreans in general struggle with, especially Koreans who've lived in Korea. You know, I mean, when I was small, I actually had a, a hard time pronouncing R's and L's. But eventually, you know, you, the more you practice, the better you get. But mm-hmm. in, in the Korean language, I had a hard time uh, sounding out the U. Mm. And it's funny because my teacher had that sound. My first Korean teacher had that sound in her name. And you had that in your Korean name. That's right. So the N sound, I, I, I had a hard time. And I remember driving to work every day and driving around all the time and trying to pronounce that sound and pronounce that sound. And it's so weird because it, it, you think because I am, a, you know, native tongue, native language, originally, you know, it would come back to me, but it was so hard. So it's like reverse. I got to reverse language or re- reverse and learn the language again. 
Right. What was your favorite part about Korea? I think the most memorable thing about the language program was that we would go to school in the morning and, and get off, you know, two-ish, three or whatever. But then what I noticed is that in Korea, kids study all the time. I mean, they go to school, they go to after-school programs to study, and then sometimes at home. So when I got back home to my host family, instead of just me, you know, going to the room or saying hi, having a couple of conversations with them, they would actually sit me down on the kitchen table and we would have another language tutoring um, session for, I think, like two, three hours. Wow. So the dad would sit me down. And that's, and that's when I learned that one of the phrases, ending phrases is ship oil. Mm-hmm. So you add that with a verb, you know, it's kind of, I want to eat. I want to, I think he really did care more. And I think the one-on-one is kind of, the difference is just like any, you sit in a class, you learn something and then you go home. Him teaching me, I probably actually learned more from him, even though he didn't do the lessons that the teacher wanted, but he did what he thought was important. Wow. So I think we he spoke enough English to have a conversation. And, uh, I mean, the, the stuff that he taught me, I actually remember more than uh, what I learned in class every day. Maybe you should go recommend him to the Hagwon. <laughs> but... So no, I mean it was it's it was very interesting the language and what I liked about Korea was um, I got to actually experience going to Korea not just in the summer mm-hmm. but also in the winter time. So I oh. got to experience snow because we don't have snow here so <laughs> much, and I realized I don't really like snow, <laughs> uh, but also you know just. Because I actually have my mom's side in Korea, so just to go back and meet up with family, meet up with kids I've tutored in the past, all grown up, or meet up with friends who happen to be there at the same time was a lot of fun too. And hopefully we can. Oh yeah, I think go de- back and I visit. Think, I think definitely we we are gonna go back, and then th- this way, then we can actually experience it through a different lens. You know, instead of being... As a married couple. Yeah, as a married couple. It's been a long time for me and a longer time for you. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So it'll look a little bit different for me and I think a whole lot different for you, to be honest. Right. And um, so we're going to actually, I guess, end the episode here. Sounds good. So See you soon. See you guys next time. Bye.